Welcome to Red Rocks. Welcome to week three of real relationships. John chapter eight, verse 32. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if, somebody say if, if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Today I wanna tell you the truth about dating. The truth about dating. Because when there's a lack of clarity, the devil wins, which is why he's made truth a trigger word in 2023, because he knows the truth will set you free. And I have been commissioned by God to tell you the truth in love. And I just love you way too much to let your love life be more discipled by social media than by Jesus. And so welcome to Red Rocks. Drop any, uh, drop any preconceptions you have. Let's let the word of God be our standard today. I just, as your pastor, I just feel protective this week. And I wanna be encouraging and I wanna be kind. I also wanna be upfront and honest because the truth will set you free as we go behind the scenes on the highlight reel of dating. And just so you know, regardless of your relationship status, uh, this is gonna challenge every single one of us. So don't think that because you're married, you get a freebie this week, okay? I'm coming at you with the word of God that's been coming after me all week long, the truth about dating. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we love you. I just pray that you'd speak to us. Soften our hearts, open our ears, remind us that the same truth that sometimes offends the flesh is the truth that is the very beginning of our freedom, the truth that awakens the spirit. So speak to us, we're listening. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. You guys good? One guy, one guy's good, nobody else? <laughs> Come on. Hey, my wife and I have been together for 12 years. We, we, we dated for three and a half years. A lot of that was long distance. And we've been married for eight and a half years, okay? Thank you. Wasn't expecting that, but thank you. Um, I've learned a thing or two in 12 years about what not to say to your wife or your girlfriend. You wanna hear a few? Things to never say. Uh, are you gonna eat that whole thing? You know, babe, my mom used to make it this way. Or you know, your mom does that too. You know what, just leave anything about moms out of it, okay? Oh, babe, that wouldn't bother me. Hey, next time that happens, try this. Don't do any of this stuff. And, and certainly when she puts on makeup in the morning, do not say, there's my girl, there she is. I have never done that, just to clarify. That's a Phil Dunphy quote. And here's the worst, never say, calm down. Now the reason I bring this up is because yesterday I was talking to Sam um, about this, uh, this, this sermon I'm doing about dating and I told her I want to, to make my first point just calm down. And she looked at me and she said, babe, that is so rude, you cannot tell the church to calm down. What is wrong with you? And she's probably right. However, my very first point is this, everybody calm down. Because as soon as you found out this was a relationship series, there's a chance you thought, okay, here goes the church again, about to shove some outdated, archaic, 
prude religion, religion down all of our throats when it comes to relationships. And what I wanna say to you is what somebody should have said to me 10 years ago, calm down. Accountability is not the same thing as church hurt. Me challenging you in a biblical way to save the gift of sex for your marriage is, is not the same thing as toxic purity culture. Wisdom is not legalism. Those things are real. And I get a lot of this stuff can feel like an emotional storm, but Jesus stood in front of a real storm and said this. He speaks this to the emotional storms in our hearts all the time. Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Today is about love, the truth about dating. So I love me some Taylor Swift. I was listening to T-Swift by myself in the car with the windows down just two days ago. Could have listened to anything on Spotify and chose Taylor Swift, okay? I just think it's interesting how she can write some of the most intense lyrics and intense songs ever about how she will be the actress starring in all of our bad dreams or how there's nothing she does better than revenge. And then somehow she can release another song where she tells all of us, we need to calm down. You're being too loud and you need to calm down. I'm like, how is this girl getting away with this? She might be a genius. Because I go, Taylor, like, I think maybe you, like, you need to calm down a little bit because I was listening to Blank Space a couple days ago, track number two on the 1989 album. And um, <laughs> this lyric, like, how wound up is this lyric? So it's gonna be forever or it's gonna go down in flames. I go, like, that's so intense. But the more I listened to it, I thought, in all fairness, that's kind of true when it comes to the world of dating, even in the church. You better be really careful before you go on that date, on that coffee date, it's gonna be forever or it's gonna go down in flames, that macchiato better be ending in a marriage or one of y'all better be finding a new church because we got a whole audience, a whole bleachers full of people who are ready to make a really big deal out of it if it doesn't work. Or we could all just calm down and agree together to take the first date off the pedestal. It might be forever, it might go down in flames, or maybe two people with high character just found out they didn't have any chemistry, in which case it's really cool they went on a few dates and found out. See, I, I'm trying to disarm all of us because this message is not about why you should get married or even how to get married. The goal of life is not finding a spouse. The goal of life is following Jesus. The goal of marriage is still following Jesus, just doing it hand in hand with somebody else. And I say that because as soon as I said the word dating today, there's a chance some of you who have been in the church for a while, I know maybe you just, you just checked out and you cannot wait to, to go share a post on Instagram later about how the, the American church just idolizing the institution of marriage again. And what I wanna say to you is calm down. That has been true about the church. It is not true about this church. I have not arrived because I've, I'm married and you're not a second-class citizen because you're, you're single or divorced or widowed or whatever. My brother is single, and he walks in more purpose and contentment than any married person I've ever met in my entire life. Three days ago, I had a conversation with a 62-year-old widowed woman who told me, she told me, even, even with, with, the, with the grief, she told me the next season of my life is gonna be the most purposeful season I've ever had. The best is still yet to come. The point of life is not marriage. 
And also, there's nothing wrong with wanting it. The truth about dating is relationships were God's idea. If you're worried you have the gift of singleness and you really wanna get married, you probably don't have the gift of singleness. Like you're good. It was God's idea, Genesis 2.18. The Lord God said, so whatever this is, is a really big deal. It is not good for the man to be alone. Took one look at Adam and said, this dude needs a friend. So I will make a helper suitable for him. That word helper in the Hebrew is the word ezer. It means rescuer, lifesaver, vital strength, power, and help from God. It is anything but weak. God did not make Eve from Adam's head to be above him. God did not make Eve from Adam's feet to be beneath him. God made Eve from Adam's side to stand next to him. God invented companionship. Matt Chandler was making such a good observation a few years back where he said, this weird thing has taken place in, the, in evangelical circles where, where over like the last few decades, we've all for whatever reason been told, as soon as you're content and you no longer wanna get married, God will send you a spouse. And so what we have is an epidemic of, of young women and young men walking around pretending to be content. I'm content in you, Lord, where is she? <laughs> I don't even wanna get married. All I need is you, where is he now? Where is he? Listen, if you've, if you've ever been told there's something less holy about wanting a companion, I'm sorry. God made you that way. God put that in you. There's nothing wrong with wanting it. You can be content and have desires at the same time. But invite God into it. Finding a spouse might be the most important decision outside of following God that you ever make in your entire life. Why on earth would you wanna head down that path without first inviting the power of the Holy Spirit to work in and through your life? If the Bible's right and how it starts in Genesis 1-1, God created the heavens and the earth and in the beginning it was just God and nothing else and then he just starts making stuff then it makes sense that everything that follows, including me and including you, must be part of some design. No accident, but design. So what I'm saying to you is let the designer be the definer and let his word be your standard. Isaiah 55 says his ways and thoughts are higher than mine. As high as the heavens are above the earth, that's how much higher God's ways and thoughts are than yours. So my challenge to you today, be open to the reality that God might know more than you about love and might have better plans for you than you have for yourself. He wants you to win at love and thrive at relationships. Maybe it's a from this day forward. Maybe some of you today, you need a Shania Twain from this moment on kind of day. It's time to win at love and thrive at relationships. GBB, listen to me. The gospel takes your past mistakes and God's love turns them into souvenirs of his grace that you get to take with you and use as a powerful testimony about your past that makes you stronger and better for the future. If God can raise Jesus from the dead, there's nothing he can't do in your love life. God will work all things together for your good if, somebody say if, 
from here you pursue him. The truth about dating is that dating is not in the Bible. That doesn't mean it's wrong. It means it's not in the Bible. Dating is a man-made concept that came onto the scene about one to 200 years ago as a, a, a form of courtship, oftentimes chaperoned by mom and dad as a very quick means to an end called marriage. Sounds a lot like dating today. It doesn't, that's the joke. It doesn't sound like dating today at all. And, and there was, like today, dating has become way more of a destination when it was meant to be transportation. And it's nobody's fault, but it has created a lot of complicated frustration. Esther Perel, she makes the point that back in the tribal days, picking a partner was way easier than it is today. It's, it's him or him, her or her, take your pick. And there was a community structure that gave safety. And before you think, well, that sounds restricting and suffocating, you fast forward to today and our options and openness have not led to more, um, um, they, they haven't led to more liberation, but more isolation. So much so that former US Surgeon General Vivek Murthy said by 2030, loneliness will be categorized as an epidemic in our country. In 1970, 80% of adults between 25 and 34 were married. That percentage today has been cut in half to 40%. And of those 40% who do get married in that time, 46% of those marriages will end in divorce and that stat is no better in the church which tells me the relational patterns of our culture aren't working. They're not working, and, and so much good has changed. So many good things have happened, and earth looks much more like heaven in the sense that women can do anything and aren't sold off by their parents in marriage anymore like they used to be and still are in other parts of the world, and praise God for that. What I'm saying is the desire for companionship hasn't gone away, but the success rates are dropping like crazy. We've got more apps and advice and articles than ever before, but more and more people dating and married are losing confidence in finding love that lasts. Ben Stewart says, something like dating that should be associated with words like fun and exciting is now more often associated with words like sad, stressful, and exhausting. When talking about our country, a senator recently said, I'm surrounded by good-looking Talented, successful, remarkable people in a web of total dating dysfunction. So let me just be your, your pastor today. The church is not a social event, but at the same time, like I'd so much rather you find a date here than on Tinder or Rainy. It's not that there's not godliness there. I'm just saying if you're looking for a woman of God or a man of God, then why not, why not find it in the house of God is what I'm trying to say. And, and, and guys, if you're here, if you started coming to Red Rocks because you heard through the grapevine that a lot of uh, attractive single women go to Red Rocks, I am so grateful and glad that you're here. That's the reason I first started going to church, okay? So keep coming back. Keep coming for the girls. Eventually, you'll leave with the gospel. It's a beautiful design. That's called evangelism, baby, okay? Whatever works. But also, if you are only ever here 
to just date around. The truth is we could really use your seat. The truth about dating is that it's not in the Bible, but the truth about dating is it is a good thing if, man, lots of big ifs today, it glorifies God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Is who you're dating glorifying God? Is how you're dating glorifying God? Is why you're dating glorifying God? In other words, is it, is it a pastime or is the purpose to find a partner? Because in scripture, you see a call to singleness and you see a call to marriage, but in scripture, dating is not a calling. This sort of semi-covenantal space in between singleness and marriage does not exist with God. Like Ethan said last week, intimacy with exit doors breeds insecurity. Like you've been dating her for 11 years? Buy the diamond or get out of the way, man. I just got somebody a ring. <laughs> Do it or go. Hey, you wanna know how I know my wife is the one? It's not because I found the one woman on this planet I'm compatible with and could be married to. I said that at the last service with my wife in the front row, she amended. it. Because the news is better than that. It's because I chose her and she chose me. For there is nothing more spiritual than to choose. And I'm not trying to be your annoying like relative at Thanksgiving dinner who pressures you into, is so like snoopy about your, your love life. Oh, you're single, you got any prospects? Oh, you went on a date, when are you gonna make it official? Oh, you're official, when's he popping the question? Oh, you're engaged, well, when's the big day? Oh, you're married, well, when are you having a kid? Like I can't go any higher than that, I'm not. Like, oh, you're alive, when are you gonna die? Or we could just like enjoy the season we're in right now. So I'm not trying to be that guy. Uh, that's not, I'm not that. I'm asking if the why behind you dating glorifies God. Because dating's not in the Bible, but covenant is. Purity is, commitment is, and so is honor. The next truth about dating is this. Clarity is kindness. Thanks, Samara. It is good. It is good. I've been looking forward to this one. Clarity is kindness. Romans 12, 9 says this. Love must be sincere. The night I asked Sam on our very first date, I called her. I was in my car. Ethan was in the car with me. He gave me a pump-up speech, and then I called her. She was on speakerphone. She had no idea she was on speakerphone. She just found out at the last service. And um, I said, hey, Sam, it's Doug. And I had just gotten to know her over the last two weeks on a mission trip. So there was a group setting before this, so everybody relax, okay? I said, hey, it's Doug. Um, I said, you got plans Friday night? And she said, no. <laughs> I know, I do a really good Sam. And um, I said, you like pizza? Yes. And so I said, can I, can I take you to dinner? And she said, yeah, and I said, awesome. And then I said, and by the way, this is a date. Yeah, amen. <laughs> Guys, clarify, this is a date. Studies show, so she knows what to wear, okay? 
because clarity is kindness. One question I get all the time, by the way, is this. Can girls ask guys out? And I would say that is the story of Boaz and Ruth. If you go read it later this week, she initiated towards him because he was clueless. Most guys are. He probably just thought she was out of his league. He was probably right. So that's why she, she lets him know, and I love that. But what's also interesting to me is modern studies reveal the same design that scripture seems to reveal. When asked recently, the vast majority of women today said they would rather be pursued than pursue. And there's a pattern in scripture that seems to emphasize men finding a wife. Proverbs 18, says, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Ladies, not sure if you caught that, but you are favor from the Lord. Believe that, see yourself that way. Stop comparing yourself to her. Stop putting yourself down. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. See yourself the way God sees you from his vantage point. How come? Because to quote Rich Wilkerson Jr., when you learn how much you are worth, you will quit giving people discounts. Let me give you another one. Proverbs 31.10, a wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. First of all, ladies, it's your character that makes you valuable, not your body or your sexuality. And second, you were created to be found. I've heard it said, if it feels at times like you're hidden, it's because you were designed to be discovered. This is the Song of Songs, in the, in, right smack in the middle of the Bible, this love story of this husband and wife, and what you see a pattern of is the wife saying, let him come to me. Let him chase me, let him pursue me, let him kiss me. I'm willing to do it, I can do it, probably would be better at doing it, but I think you should, and I'm not desperate, because I'm favor from the Lord, and my completion is in him. I'm not necessarily saying ladies initiate less. I know way too many, I'm good friends with way too many strong, confident, and BA women to say that. Beautifully amazing. <laughs> I am saying men initiate more. Mm-hmm, got a lot of those. <laughs> DM her, or better yet, walk across the room, look her in the eyes, strike up the conversation, risk the rejection. Like, don't play small with your calling and don't apologize for your God-given strength or God's design, steward it, rise to it. Like, take the lead, ask her out, do the work. Ladies, if he doesn't have to work to, to get you, why on earth would he work to keep you? Oh, there's not a mold, there is a design. And guys, there is, there is something in the masculine heart that is made to rise to the occasion. And men, right now in our world, we have got an occasion to arise to. And ladies, if you, if you say yes to the dating game, you will be approached by guys who you don't wanna go out with. Okay, and you are allowed to say no, obviously. But I will say, you might be surprised who you fall in love with. Me and Sam are pretty much nothing alike, okay? Keeps things spicy. <laughs> you don't wanna marry your clone, all right? 
Because I know like, all of us got the list, right? Oh, he needs to be taller than me, and um, she, uh, she needs to pray like Mother Teresa but look like Jessica Alba. And God, it'd be great if she did like some part-time modeling on her way to volunteer at the orphanage and, you know, and I'm not saying lower your standards, but hold loosely your list of expectations because that list might be keeping you from the greatest gift God is trying to give you. First Samuel 16, seven says, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So yes, attraction is important and chemistry is critical. And yes, you are allowed to put the fire emoji on your list, okay? But also, the more you mature in your faith, the more attractive godliness starts to get to you. Just wait. Clarity is kindness. You know, one pattern we see a lot, and, and ladies, I'm sorry, bear with me. I'm, I'm challenging both directions here, okay? All morning, challenging both directions. This is men and women. I'm just saying, as a, as a guy who has a pulse on this church, an observer, hear a lot of stuff, one pattern you see a lot around this church is like, let's say you'll have, a, you'll have a young lady, she's got a crush on this guy, but this guy has no interest in her, and this guy's not pursuing her, even though she's initiating and letting him know, and then eventually she says something like, oh, all the guys at Red Rocks are lazy. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's another guy she's not interested in, but he's interested in her, and though she's not initiating, he's, he's pursuing but because she doesn't like him, eventually what you hear is, all the guys at Red Rocks are creepy. <laughs> and what I'm saying is, that's a double standard. We all got them. Awareness is currency. Clarity is, is kindness, okay? Clarity is kindness. And so, you obviously are allowed to, to say no. But, but please, like men and women, when you say no to a date, do two things. Number one, affirm the courage it took for them to ask you out, because that takes guts. And number two, talk them up to your friends. Don't put them down. Don't make them pay. Don't make them rejected by your friend group because they wanted to buy you a latte. Men and women in this community, protect each other from the court of public opinion, which can be so nasty and a monster. Outdo each other in honor. And while we're on the topic of clarity, you can break up with someone and still honor them just by being clear. Clarity is one of the kindest things that you can do. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of uh, stories coming out recently even about like Gen Z, sorry to pick on you just for a second, but how most of Gen Z, not most, but a lot, would, would rather quit their job and go find a new job then have a conversation with their boss about a raise. Just a conversation. Would rather quit their job, oftentimes followed up by an email that says, you never valued me. Clarity is one of the kindest things you can do. Ghosting in relationships, one of the darkest things you can do. You hurt them more in the long run because it's easier for you in the short run. I had a serious girlfriend in college named Brittany. We, she's, she's amazing. We dated long distance for almost two years. And I still remember the moment, the day I knew we were supposed to break up. I didn't text her, I didn't call her. Spent my last $500 on a plane ticket because I knew in my heart I owe her my presence. 
and it sucked, man. It was, Jamie, I love your laugh, bro. I love it. It, su it, it was so excruciatingly painful. Um, she cried, I cried. It rained the entire weekend, obviously. It, like, it was 36 of the worst hours of my entire life. But I'm so proud that I flew there. That's one of the things about my story I'm most proud of. I get to tell my son Will one day, if he's going through the same thing, I flew there. Because clarity is kindness and love must be sincere. And, and she's an incredible person. The reason we, we ended up breaking up is because I met God right in that season and changed everything about my life, including my direction in life. And the next truth about dating is this, direction is everything. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, do not be, this, this probably won't be popular, it will be biblical, and as you'll see in a moment, logical. Do not be yoked together with those who do not believe. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? So that, that needs obviously some context. Like our calling as Christians to love, love everybody. This is speaking to the context of married. Being yoked together implies walking together. And that's really hard to do when you're trying to go in two different directions. Direction is everything. If my wife and I wanna go on a road trip to, to like a vacation and I wanna go to Disney World and she wants to go to Disneyland, first of all, I'm right. But second, how many know like we can't go in the same car as each other? Because direction is, is everything. And I know that's obvious, but what is so obvious on highways is not as obvious when it comes to love. Because love can trick you into believing your feelings will be enough. When four years into marriage, you're now trying to make major life decisions, major parenting decisions together, and you find out you actually have two completely different sets of values because your lives were heading in two very different directions. That's why godly community is such an important part of the dating process. Because you got blind spots and so do I. And when you have chemistry with somebody, how many know infatuation can feel a lot like you heard God's voice say, do this. That, that might not be the Holy Spirit, that might be hormones. Like you feel the chemistry, that's good. Your friends who love you can see clearly the character and the direction. So John 14, six, Jesus answered them, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the, the way to heaven and Jesus is just the way I'm going in life. So my senior year of college, this was about a year after that breakup, I was living with Ryan and Ethan and um, I, met this, I met this girl named Christina. We really hit it off, lots of chemistry. She had character, but she just had no interest in, in pursuing God. And I missionary dated her for six weeks because I wanted it to work so bad. I remember praying, I was like, God, she's such a good person. To which she'd say, I know, and I love her. But dating is about marriage, and in marriage, direction is everything. And so I said, all right, and I, I called it off. 
And uh, this is a true story, no joke. A week later, met another girl named Lauren. And we hit it off. Like that, there was so much chemistry. She had character and like, yeah, didn't really want anything to do with pursuing God, but I found myself like doing the same thing for six weeks, the same amount of time. Just praying like, God, like, why are you doing this to me? She's like, this girl is so completely my type. This could so work out. And I think she even might like believe in you. Spending six weeks trying so hard to convince myself we could travel in the same car heading two different directions. And you need to hear this, um, I'm not better than them. In case you just heard that verse and you go, oh, you can't be equally yoked with a non-Christian, like, so you're better than, like, no, I'm a Christian because I know I'm not better. It's the reason I have a savior and follow Jesus. I know I, I need a hero. Um, I think Christina and Lauren are better than me. I know Brittany is. I 100% believe God loves her more than me. I'm not even saying that. This is about direction. The biggest thing about me is this God of the universe who has completely grabbed my heart and changed the trajectory of my entire life. And, and I, I thought, I don't know what he's got for me, but I'm saying yes to whatever the calling is, wherever it might be. And it's like, man, that's how I wanna raise my kids one day. And so that's how I started living then. And about a year later, while on a mission trip, pursuing God, I look over and just happen to see this five foot three blonde bombshell with no makeup on, heading in the same direction. Chemistry is critical, character is important, but one direction that's what makes you beautiful. I had to, I had to. Just throw the whole point away just for one joke, but it was worth it. Direction is everything. And then finally, the final truth about dating, as if these are, like this is an exhaustive list, it's not. Completion is found in Christ. Companionship is found in people. You remember the movie Jerry Maguire where Tom Cruise walks into the room and he says, baby, we live in a cynical world, but you, you complete me. And Renee Zellweger, her character, she started, like, she's crying and she goes, shut up, just shut up. She says, you had me at hello. And then they kiss and it's epic and it's amazing. And they put false and unrealistic expectations into the heart of every person watching that movie. And I'm not saying it's not a great movie. And I'm not saying I didn't cry. I'm saying you will never find a person who can truly complete you. The space in your heart you're trying to fill is the size of eternity. People are temporary, no matter how amazing. They can compliment you, they can't complete you. Marriage is not about completion, marriage is about creation. It's not two halves coming together to make a whole, it's two wholes who are in process of finding their completion in Christ, coming together to create something brand new. I wrote it this way, it'll be on the screen. Completion in Christ takes the desperation out of dating. Because at the end of the day, you go, man, I, I got all I need. I wanna get married, but... Like I think about the woman at the well in John chapter four. She's not a bad person, she's human. And she's just having a hard time finding love. 
and she's had some things not go her way. She's had her heart broken, so she goes from marriage to marriage and guy to guy because she believes somewhere deep down that Jerry Maguire was right, and there has to be some person out there who can complete me, but she's coming up empty time after time until one day she goes to a well at noon and she rendezvous with the one person who can, Jesus. And Jesus loves her and looks at her and says, John 4, 13 and 14, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Everyone looking for completion in a person, in a relationship, in a career, in a salary, in amount, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life that space in your heart is the size of forever, and so is God. Completion is found in Christ, companionship is found in a person. And that's so critical and so key because if you go into marriage thinking this person is supposed to complete me, you will put a burden and a pressure on that person that they cannot stand up beneath the weight of. Nobody can do that. And you'll suffocate every relationship expecting them to do something that only God can do. Going from relationship to relationship thinking it's surely, surely it's the next one. Surely somebody is out there who can do this for me and you'll come up empty time and time again until hopefully I pray that you rendezvous with the God of the universe who has all the completion that you could ever be looking for. Because when you get in process of letting him do that day by day, then you start to show up to your relationships, to marriage, to whatever it is. Like... I'm free. You don't need to do that for me. I don't have to be your savior. And now we just get to walk hand in hand through life as best friends, pursuing in the direction of the savior who can. Amen. Guys, will you stand? And that's why when we sing these lyrics to this song, that's just, I just can't get enough of you, God. I mean, whatever your status is relationally, single, dating, married, engaged, divorced, widowed, whatever it is, man, this is what we all have in common. We need our completion to come from God. But the more and more I see, the more and more I know, the more and more I taste, I just can't get enough. That's why you can, you can be content and filled up and yet still desire and have this holy discontentment for more at the same time. Um, because man, if God is this infinite well of living water, of joy to know and peace to experience and life for you to step into, there will always be more of him. It's like Moana, see the line where the sky meets the sea that calls me, nobody knows how far it goes. That's the love of God, the living water, the infinite well that is waiting for you. How far does it go? You'll never find out. I just can't get enough of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.